Hello, everybody. Today you have Jake flying solo. We're going to discuss the 2021 James Bond film, No Time to Die. But before we jump in, just a quick note. Uh, moving forward for minisodes, we're just going to try and focus on three things, either likes or gripes, try and keep limit myself to one question, and final scores. Just try and keep it a little tighter. Okay. Hope you guys enjoy it. On to the film. Courtesy of Wikipedia, here's an intro to the film. No Time to Die was a 2021 spy film, the 25th film in the James Bond series, produced by Eon Productions. Parentheses, I don't know who cares about that. Close parentheses. Starring Daniel Craig in his fifth and final portrayal of the fictional British MI6 agent James Bond. It was directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga. From a screenplay by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, Fukunaga himself, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. There's also apparently a good deal of uh, ghost writers and uh, script actors involved as well. It kind of shows, but save that for another time. Made for a budget of $250 million to $300 million, which is one of the bigger gaps I've seen in a while there. Uh, the film made more, more more than $774 million at the box office, uh, pretty much in the heart of COVID, coming out in November, last November. This was a huge success for the studio franchise and Hollywood in general. It became the fourth highest film of 2021, and it was the first uh, to really pop stateside. I, I believe there are a few uh, Chinese films that either reached a billion or came close and broke some records in China um, outside of that. And then I think the Fast film did pretty well. But outside of that, uh, th this was... Uh, at the time, this was the biggest hit before really Spider-Man and Clara finished fourth overall. So did well, really did well for itself uh, at the box office. Also, it was well-received critically. Had 83% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating of 7.3 out of 10. Cinema score gave it an A- minus on the A plus to F scale, which is very good, clearly. Post-track gave it an 83% positive score. I'm not really sure what that means, but 63% said they would definitely recommend it. Okay, first time I included that note there, but maybe we'll leave that out next time. But for any post-track fans, just wanted to let you know. The film gar garnered several awards and nominations, including five nominations at the 75th British Academy Film Awards, winning one for Best Editing, and three nominations at the 94th Academy Awards, winning one for Best Original Song. Okay, thank you, Wikipedia. This is a great film. This is me now. <laughs> This was a great film, racked up tons of money. But if you look at the look at behind the numbers a bit, it's not as big a financial success as it's been portrayed to be. As I've said in the past, you generally need to make two to five times your production budget to break even, three times to be considered a success. Uh, this film was made for 250 to 300 million, as I said. That's a big range. So if it was made at 250 million and this film made 775, then yeah, this film did well. It, it made more than three times its budget. If it was made for $300 million, then it, it failed to make even two and a half times its budget. And then, no, it's not good. Or it barely made two and a half times its bu budget, excuse me, um, which is really more so like just okay, not great. Not trying to be negative. Um, and the other thing I just want to say is when you're adding Craig's percent on the back end, that means that the studio is pulling in less than that box office than probably most films. And they had to push it a few times due to COVID. I think there was more cost more hidden costs even behind just the production budget. Moving on to the likes. The cast is incredible. I think with the exception of Rami Malek's Lucifer Safin, terrible name, who is some type of evil constant gardener living in some base right out of a 60s Bond film in the middle of the ocean, yada, 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 he's boring. 
But the rest of the film is near flawless, especially in terms of casting and execution of the characters. Namely, Lashana Lynch's Nomi in the new 007. Amazing. I loved her in Captain Marvel. actually thought she would have been a better Marvel there in that film. But I love seeing her get, get the spotlight here. And she really plays the balance well, or definitely between Bond's rival and heir apparent. Uh, she does a great job in this film. Honor to Armis as the scene-stealing CIA agent Paloma. She just drops in for a single sequence, but it's one of the film's highlights, and she's just incredible. I also just love her. If you haven't seen her, um, if you're not familiar, I would say just go watch any of her movies. She's lovely. And in this film, she just steals the scene and left me wanting more. In fact, she's in it so little, it makes me wonder, I know they had to push this film a bunch, how early she filmed this scene, because with her being the biggest star now, I felt like they would have done more to give her a bigger role, but what do I know? If she isn't in the next Bond, though, if she doesn't take over the role, spoiler here, for Felix, who dies, sorry, uh, then I don't know what, they're doing something wrong with that studio, but if they're bringing back Lashana Lynch's 007, she should be the new Felix. Spoiler alert, moving on to great lead-in for Jeffrey Wright, who's great in the film as Felix Leiter, who dies, sadly. Um, he's really one of the emotional anchors of the film, along with Leia Sadu, Mathilde, and James himself. And then that leads into Daniel Craig. I think he does some of his best work in the entire franchise in this film, really since Casino Royale. I think along with Leia Sadu and Lisa Dorason, who plays Mathilde, sets of actresses who play, play his wife and daughter, that um, they really do a great job of anchoring the film and just giving it a different depth and emotion that previous Bond films clearly haven't had because he hasn't had a family before. Um, I, I was a little surprised that the, the fact I didn't mind they gave Bond a kid, it just, but it felt natural to, for me, for the character into the series. I don't know. It just not, didn't really bother me. I think sleeps with a lot of, a lot of women, probably has more kids than we realize. Uh, but what I really like is I think importantly it allows Craig to show some range for Bond we haven't seen. Personally, I thought it was a welcome change in the performance too. I think uh, in the past he's really veered into charmless in some of the recent films, like where I just didn't, it didn't seem like the Bond I knew. He was just kind of this more the blunt instrument. And that made sense in the beginning, but it just kind of, he had a rougher edge than past Bonds that didn't really go away. And I don't know, wasn't my favorite depiction, but in this film, I really like it. The, the evolution of the character. I think it's a little ironic. I think Craig has finally evolved the Bond character past the Cold Era, Cold War era archetype but only for the franchise to kill him right when the character evolved and became, quote-unquote, more interesting. It's not meant to be a gripe. Just thought that was a funny, ironic twist. My second like here, uh, the action scenes are just incredible. I, I really love the director, Kerry Joji Fukunaga. I, he proved he could do action to me with True Detective. Uh, and for those who didn't watch, or for those who did watch, you may remember his five-minute single-take sequence that takes place in the middle of the series, and then the finale episode. To me, those that sequence of that episode were just standouts. And to, to me, Dem gave me some confidence he can handle the action of the film. But with that being said, I felt left this film with my expectations surpassed. I think he outdid himself. And I was very pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to bore everyone with going through the sequences or action scenes and dissecting them. I'm just going to say that there weren't any I disliked. Standouts for me included the opening attack of the Vesper tomb and every subsequent chase as i previously mentioned there's a great havana sequence and then the finale was was great too long but good 
My gripe here is a familiar one for those who listen. The movie's too long. It's just way too long. Especially for a film that's about multiple movies trying to build backstory with Spectre, Blofeld, and Madeline Swan. It's two hours and 45 minutes. They spend a significant time setting up Safin and then also wasting Spectre, Spectre and Blofeld as red herrings, but also wasting time setting them up. I do understand how sacrificing one villain to another can serve a story and a franchise in a series. No look no further than Infinity War. Loki's killed by Thanos, which is a shock to the audience. And that, along with the beatdown he gives Hulk, just demonstrates that Thanos is a different level of villain. The difference is that all happens in the first 10 minutes of Avengers, and it takes about nearly half of the movie here. I think more so. I believe that, spoiler alert, Spectre and Blofeld are killed at nearly like an hour and a half, maybe even after that. My point is that they spent all this time trying to go with this emotional villain, but they already had him. They wanted a villain with a, with background, with already these emotional connections with the characters, and you had him in Blofeld. And using him as a decoy is fine if you just did it more efficiently and killed him more quickly. To me, it just felt like a lot of legwork. And I mentioned there are a couple of different screenwriters involved in this. This is one of the areas where it felt to me like they had a hard time balancing the act uh, between those two villains. And I mean, balancing the act with developing those characters at, and the storyline with Mathilde and Madeline, it's, it's a lot. So I understand why it was long. I just think they could have done things a little more efficiently. Question, was killing Bond the only way they could secure Craig these last few films? Or in other words, was killing him part of a quid pro quo in order to sign Craig up for the last few films? They kill James Bond, which is pretty bold, but not totally unexpected for anyone who's listened to Daniel Craig talk about the character, paid attention to his growing power with over the studio and this film franchise. Just Google his negotiations for the last few contracts, and he's demonstrated a real bold ability to just walk away from the character, forcing the studio to pay him exorbitant amounts of money. So do I wonder if he had the leverage to kill Bond by agreeing to come back for the last film or few films. This is one thing to note. Speaking to Variety, um, looks like on January 6th, Craig explained that he was pleased of Bond's death and no time to die. The actor said the demise had weight and tragedy. Now, just because of that, just because he liked the character that the character died doesn't mean he forced him to die. But in this case, I don't think it's a coincidence. I'll leave it there, though, and get ahead into final thoughts. I liked the film, but I'm also ready for Craig to leave the franchise. I've been ready for him to go since Quantum of Solace. I didn't think he needed to kill 007, but I do like the legacy aspect of the character. I think it opens up some doors for the franchise and the series down the road. You can always reboot and recast if, if you have to. This film is by no means perfect. It's too long. It loses focus at times and momentum, especially in the second act. It fails to balance the villains properly. With all that being said, it's still a good film. I, I, borderline great. It has all the action, style, and thrills that you'd expect from a Bond movie. I think it has one of the best ensembles of all of the Bond films. One of the most personal storyline, I would say, or one of the most personal storylines, depending on your preference. And it's just one of the best performances from Craig. And even just in terms of execution, I mentioned the action's great. I'm the, they 
won an Oscar for the best song. It's everything's great. This film really well executed, really. Yeah. I'll push it to, in terms of 21, it was definitely a great film. And it's the most fun I've had with the franchise since Casino Royale. Okay. What is my final score? Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.2 out of 10. And probably feels low for a film I just called great, but just keeping context, we just got out of 2021. Uh, so it's uh, a little, it's still a great film. Again, too long. You probably need two sits to view it. It feels like two movies in a certain way, but worth watching. Tons of action. Good film. And it's a good story. So even for those who don't like Bond, maybe this is the one you want to watch because there's actually some weight to the character and real stakes. Although now, I guess if you listen to this, you know what happens. So maybe not. Okay, I'm losing it. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. I will talk to you soon.